Okay, good afternoon. Welcome to CanaryCast. Now, if there's a slight, 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 if you think, do I hear music in the background? Just outside my office window, there the Santa Ana Seniors Adeje Folk Group have just started a live session. There's like 30 of them down there singing and playing timplays and guitars and all sorts. So if you hear it, you're right. There is music in the background. My name is Cleo O'Flynn and I am in the Adeje Culture, Cultural Centre and I'm joined as always by... I, Janet Anscombe, and I, as always, am in the mountains in West Tenerife. <laughs> Hello, everybody. You know, no singing up here, other than the canaries in the garden. The canaries in the garden, but I've got canaries, <laughs> I've got canaries sitting outside. I haven't exactly. actually seen you. I mean, is it two years since we've actually seen each other? Had a I lunch. think it's one, it's one, yeah, it's probably two years since we had lunch, but it is probably a year now more. since we've actually seen each other face to face in the same space well it would have been March time has just stopped time has stopped about this hasn't it yeah yeah i mean one of the things that struck me again i, I mean age is i don't know is it a great leveler or does it affect our memory of our youth and of our past um and obviously i'm the the mother of a a, a very active and vocal 16 year old and she's upset a little bit because <laughs> her local secondary school, she finishes this year because here in Spain, you do year one to four. I don't know how it is in the UK. So she's like doing the equivalent of her GCSEs this year. And then she will be going yes. somewhere else to study on. Um, yes. But there's no graduation ceremony. And normally in Spain, that's a big thing. And I suppose, and I've said this to you before, I'm a little bit miffed is the wrong word. Every now and then I kind of think it's no harm to just say, you know, I know the kids, like, do you remember that thing on the beach a couple of months ago where the kids yeah. were having a mock yes. fight and everyone was outraged and up in arms and how dare they? Yes, yes. Do you remember what those two years between 14 and 16, that, you know, your, your third and fourth year of secondary school, formative, hugely important years when you were growing up and when you were a girl, you were becoming a young woman and you were discovering boys and you were discovering yourself and you were, you know, probably hating the world. You probably thought you knew more than your parents, but it was really important time for growing up and being with your mates and rebelling. They've had to do that at home. I, well, we have said, haven't we, before that that particular age group has done amazingly and I, I'm in awe of them yeah. because I can remember those two years, 14 to 16. Yeah, they, they were formative. I would say 13 to 17 is the most formative period for anyone. It's not just a case of getting over your toddler tantrums at the age of two and learning a bit of self-control. It, it, you are learning to engage with the world, yeah, with yourself, yeah. with your own body. The body changes that people, that human beings go through between those ages, particularly yeah. girls perhaps, but yeah. they're enormous changes. Yeah. And yeah. you are developing your philosophy. And when I think back, I actually think sometimes that the views I developed then, they're really not far no. away from what, I, what my views are now. Yeah. And yeah. so it is hugely formative in making adults what we are now, what you and I are, was made when we were at Brianna's age. And I mean, okay, I am not, before anyone starts winging off emails to me, to you, I am certainly not defending rash or reckless behaviour by anybody <clears throat> on beaches or in, at parties. And I know there have been what's called here a butte on, which is when the kids 
you know, put drink into plastic bottles and they go to plazas and they go to squares and they congregate. Yeah, they've been doing that. I'm not happy about that. I don't think that's a good thing. And in fact, it's forbidden anyway, even before yes, COVID. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I just think they've been an invisible part of this pandemic in many ways, and younger kids have too. Um, yes. because they were kept away from the they were kept at home. Uh, they've been going to school. I mean, mine again is like her school year <coughs> changed completely. This year she's been going to school from two to seven. It's fine now, it's in the summer, but from September through to January, she was, you know, coming home at night, um, getting the school bus home if I was working, so coming in at half eight at night from her school day. And there were no complaints, really. It was just, I, I think, oh, okay, this is what I have to do. This is what we have. To, they are very adaptable, aren't they? They, they are very flexible in, in a way that maybe we have forgotten that we were mm. as flexible. And yet they are reaching a stage of, if you like, coming out of their parental chrysalis and beginning to engage yes. with the outside world at the very time that they're not only constrained, but they have all these extra shutdowns. And there isn't an outside world to engage there's with. Just, there is no outside world. And the very fact that Brianna's school, for example, has been one of the ones who said no graduation. I mean, the end of schooling now is different to what it used to be anyway, that there is much more emphasis than there used to be on graduating from high school mm -hmm. and there's there's also the whole prom culture that has been imported from America yeah that's a big thing now when when I was in school it just didn't even exist I think we had a Christmas dance once we had a dance ball in Dublin <laughs> you know that sort of thing but it, it it is much more of a big thing now and as we have said the last year things have changed to such an extent that with the World Health Organization only yesterday saying it is no longer a reasonable goal to eradicate COVID. We have to learn to live with it. We are in a new world and, and maybe the whole thing about graduation and proms, that might have to be reviewed, but it's very sad, I think, for, for people in that cohort yeah. to, see to see last year and the year before having gone through their prom and their graduation and this year they can't no nothing and i this mean is, this is they a period of ad adapting of but course it also it is, it, sad. it is a period of adapting right janet but it kind of adds to their grievances against authority that's that's all i'm hearing you know um that's well, if you think about it if you think about it when we if as we have just been saying, if our views now are what were formed when we were Brianna's age, what effect will this have on the yeah. views being formed of someone who's gone through this? Yeah. What sort of adult? It is a new world and we are creating a new generation who see this world yeah. very differently, I think. It's, I mean, I Zoom with my sisters pretty much every week and it's interesting to, I mean, I don't ask directly how Ireland is coping or how their parts of Cork and Dublin are coping. But just through conversations, you pick up on different emphasis in different countries. And we were talking a couple of months, weeks ago, and they were both talking about mental health issues among people they worked with. And I said, you know, it's something that doesn't come up here much. You know, it's not discussed much here, how mental health has, no. has been an issue during COVID. And both of them said, and they both live in different parts of Ireland, that it's hugely discussed and hugely acknowledged and recognised among young people and staff and anybody who has been in furlough. 
and it is considered a very important issue in Ireland and possibly in the UK, whereas here, nobody's mental health has been kind of considered worth, you know, devoting much time to, in my experience. Yes, mine too. And I wonder if, if that isn't part of the general culture here, that we don't talk about that here. We, it is, to some extent, brushed under the carpet. Maybe. And people are, I mean, I still hear words that translate as retarded. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, in, 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 I live in a little Canarian village and on the edge of it, and it, it's got just a few hundred people. It is still maybe 30 years ago it, mentally. In, in his cultural outlook, and yeah, they will still true. use words like village idiot or really? retarded. Yes, really. And so this is a culture that doesn't, that hasn't made the strides yet no. that other cultures have with regard to mental health. And I hope I'm saying that in a way that doesn't denigrate Spain's attitude to this. It's just hasn't reached the point that other Western countries have yet, like the UK and particularly America, where yeah. it is recognised as the major thing it is. Mm. And it Especially, is and acknowledged that it has become, it is an issue that needs to be acknowledged in the last two years because well, I of think isolation and job losses yes. and financial difficulty. I, th I think the combination, not just for people of Brianna's age, but for anybody who's trying to work or even just people who want to see their family who've gone. I think the last 12 months particularly have been traumatic and I don't mm. use the word lightly. I think they have been traumatic yeah. and I think we are going to be looking in some years time if we're talking about mental health we are going to be looking at a post-traumatic stress syndrome yeah. in I, quite a few individuals I think for a range I, of reasons. I think Possibly, and I will now admit this, I mean, sometimes my own intolerance levels are charged or challenged. I mean, listening, for instance, to people who are now panicking to go back to the UK from Portugal because it was changed from green to amber. And people saying, you know, I really needed a holiday. It's my first break in a year. And I'm thinking, OK, I haven't had a holiday in a year and a half. I need a holiday. I know I live in a holiday destination, but that doesn't make my life a holiday and no, I think I, sometimes I think, people forget that I agree and although people won't believe it I was known for my patience when I was in work when I was dealing <laughs> I believe it Janet I used to was, interrupt <laughs> <laughs> when I used to work with students I can be very patient but I'm afraid my tolerance levels this whole I it's my first holiday I haven't had a holiday for a year is my first one this year. Sorry, what we used to have annual holidays. Now we're having multiple holidays a year as a need. No, it is a want, not a need. Mm. Um, obviously, we need a break. We need to change our scenery. Otherwise, we go nuts. Everybody needs a change of scenery. As they say, a change is as good as a rest. But that can be the next town. It doesn't need to be international travel. Mm. And I'm afraid that in the current situation, with an amber list in existence, if you have dashed out and bought a flight to Portugal, the very minute the UK government said, OK, green, and then within a week, it's back to Amber and you're crying because you have to quarantine, then maybe you should have waited another week before. I'm, I'm afraid my sympathy is non-existent, not just I, love. I, I also can't even begin to understand how these lists are created. And then 
I also find it very odd, the kind of timing of the changes. So from Tuesday at 4 a.m., why? Why? And why is that relevant? And yeah, and if there is an urgent need to impose a, um, a restriction, then why a week next Tuesday? If it's urgent, um, like now, please? Yeah. What's but wrong also with now? base the decision on the science. I thought they said they were going to follow the, the data, not the day. Anyway, sorry, that is there me are, now. There I don't are, want to get into politics. <laughs> there, are, there are lots of um, conflicting pressures, and I think this is adding to everybody's mental health problems at the moment because wherever one looks there are such conflicting pressures and we have become a culture that sees our wants as essentials mm -hmm. and therefore we add the pressure on ourselves yeah. and what can we do other than just try to get through this as best we can and mm -hmm you know, just stay put for a while and wait a little while. And look for the positives. I mean, be, be a bit Pollyanna-ish. Absolutely. There's plenty to be positive about. Mm. Just stop travelling. Yeah. I mean, okay, like I said before, just because we live in a holiday destination, I mean, I'm down, sun, sea, I can go to the beach, which is lovely. But the, my negatives are I can't see my family in Ireland. I haven't seen them for nearly a year and a half or I can't remember exactly. So I have to be positive. I have to say, right, I can still, after work, go and have a swim. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, so can somebody in Ireland, but it'd be a little bit colder. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and, and I have to relearn patience. <laughs> well, don't yeah. we all? I was, I was talking to my sister over the weekend, and I haven't seen her now for a couple of years because COVID erupted at the point when we were starting to think about, well, maybe we should get, maybe we should plan our next get together now and then COVID so there's a whole year that's gone yeah and it we can't wait for her to be able to come over here uh, and visit but it as we were both saying maybe in a year's time maybe we have to give it another year yeah. thank god looking for the positives how do, would we have coped if we were doing this maybe I don't know even two years ago zoom has saved everybody in terms True. of business, True. you know, and in terms of coordinating things, people have been able to talk to each other face to face, have meetings. Government would have been impossible without the likes of Zoom, mm. because mm. Pedro Sanchez has been um, governing Spain in no small part with interterritorial councils that have online. been invented online. Yeah. And yeah. so without the Internet, for all its faults, without the Internet now would be very much harder mm. to cope with. Or, or, or to administer. So if we're looking for positives, we can see our families, we can be with them virtually. We can't physically touch them. Okay, but we can do everything else. But not even that, actually, Janet, if you, if you take that thread, um, even the, the speed of the vaccination rollout now, for instance, here in the Canary Islands, it took a while, there were a couple of stutters, but most people are getting their vaccination information online. They're getting, Absolutely. they're being yeah. told when they can book their appointments, they go and register online or they're getting a Twitter message and then they're registering and they're getting an SMS on their telephone. So the it's all being is working. Yeah, the system's you know? working. It did take a while. And of course, the private patients were jumping up and down, understandably, because they felt they were being left behind. But it's all it been ironed take, out. It has been ironed out and it didn't really, looking back, 
take that long, given the slow start generally yeah. with the supplies that we had. Now, as we've been saying, it's like a steam train. And, and I'm, got the I'm one of those and, ones. I, do, I don't know if you are too. When I phoned to confirm my second, did I say this last week? I can't remember. Marbles being lost all over the place. <laughs> um, I will be offered a Pfizer, even though I've had my AstraZeneca as my first vaccination. Uh, but what the first offer will be Pfizer, and then I think I will be able to choose to know to have the AstraZeneca. But the first option will be a Pfizer for my second dose. Ah, now that's because you're under sixty. Oh, and thank you. Just about. <laughs> just about. <laughs> and I being just about over sixty, don't guess such a choice. But I'll be going for my AZ in um, fifteen days. Yeah, yeah, yeah a fortnight. Yeah, a fortnight from my number two, and uh, yeah, it it the system is now working, and I can tell it's working by the number of queries I am no longer getting. (laughs) Well, listen, we were not going to talk about COVID today, but we kind of felt we had to mention travel. We had to mention, excuse me, just a little bit. We wanted to talk about the whole mental health issue, so we like to ramble. We don't. We make rules for breaking them. And also, we had to mention travel because from today the 7th of June Spain has pretty much opened up to the world its tourism Mm. again with the vaccination um, document that they're now prepared to accept so if you come into Spain from anywhere you can just come in now unless you are on the list of restricted countries which means you are at risk if you're coming in from a risk country Spain will now accept proof that you've had the vaccination as well as instead of a test so you can bring a test or you can bring the vaccination or a medical certificate proving that you have recovered from COVID within I think the last within the last six months I think or eight months I think it might be eight I'm not sure but yeah six or eight so so one of those three conditions but that's only if you're coming from a, a country deemed to be at risk the UK, for example, now is allowed back in, even though as far as the UK is concerned, Spain is still on amber. Mm-hmm. And that that's, means the that's Canaries going are, home. That's not coming here. That's not coming here. So as far as the Canaries are concerned, however, one still does need a vaccination proof or um, or a test, negative test result to enter the Canaries. But nationally, the national border is yeah. now... You can come in unless you're coming from a risk country. The other announcement that Spain has made in the last few days, confirmed announcement, is that from the 1st of July, it is now going to be trialling the EU digital green um, pass. Certificate, yeah, which is great news. It's wonderful news. It means that if you've got, um, if you've had the vaccination, you can just get the COVID passport, let's call it. Let's say it's not a passport, but it is, is, essentially. It means that you can just walk through border control and wave your pass. And as far as I know, it can be paper or telephone. I mean, it's a QR code, isn't it? it, It's a QR code and it'll be on, that's like a little square box with squiggles and it's scannable. And that'll be in printed form on the paper but it'll also be in a mobile compatible digital form so you can just scan your scan your mobile phone as you walk through as as many people do these days with bookings with check-in with with boarding passes and stuff i mean and in fact the the passenger locator form is is the same that's a QR thing so it's getting easier there will be bureaucracy there will be things to do before you travel but it should make it easier 
Um, so we will get there. But for now, let's stay in the Canary Islands, Shannon, because you specifically want to talk about more local traditional fiestas that are happening this summer. And then I'm going to mention a couple of things that are happening here in Adeji. Yeah, in, in the summer, there are a whole range of fiestas associated with one aspect of the Virgin Mary. This is the Virgen del Carmen. And she is one personification of the Virgin Mary. And I think people think that Tenerife is constantly on holiday, particularly in the summer. And in fact, this is because wherever you look through the summer, a village or one village or yeah. another is going to be having a fiesta. And it's all to do with the Virgen del Carmen. And in the mountains, the Virgin of Carmen is the patron goddess of agriculture. Whereas on the coast, she is the patroness of fishermen. Fisher persons. So when fisher persons, <laughs> <laughs> angling personnel. <laughs> People with sticks and nylon bits hanging off them. <laughs> no, because they have root nets, don't they? <laughs> or rods, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, fisher persons. So she is she is honored in the mountains by people who um, worship her because she blesses the land and gives them good harvests in the harvest that will be coming because this is happening through the summer. And of course, from September on, they'll be harvesting the crop. Yep. So she is, she's being asked to bless the, the forthcoming harvest. Whereas along the coast, she is worshiped by those people who go out in boats to catch <laughs> fish. <coughs> <laughs> and, and their fact, families <laughs> and their families <laughs> and is asked to bless their um their catches and in fact about 10 or so or maybe 15 years ago now there was a a, a, a bigger than life-size statue of her made in concrete and sunk in Los Cristianos Harbour, That's so That's that all the little all the little fishing boats that went out of the harbour would have to sail over her, and they presumably throw a flower or something mm. in the sea as a as a blessing each time they came back safely from from their fishing, and so around the coasts when there is a Virgen del Carmen fiesta in, in in a little town on the coast in Tenerife, you will see little flotillas, little parades of boats yeah. throwing flowers into the water to thank the but, Virgin del Carmen. And in the mountains, because it's midsummer and we are still rather pagan up in the hills, we have bonfires oh. and we have midsummer fires everywhere. Well, so people think the whole of Tenerife is on fire and sometimes it does work out that it causes a fire. But mm. most of the time, if you see fires in the hills on the 23rd of June, it is a Virgen del Carmen bonfire and down on the coast we swim at midnight we also light fires there i mean there will be official fires and people throw wishes into the fires but one of the things if you've ever seen these flotillas of boats as well if you watch it if you're in a small village when it is the day of the celebration normally you will find that i mean it's a huge local celebration and if you're a tourist or a visitor to the village you'll be almost expected to join in and sit down yeah. and, and have a little glass of wine and or have a beer and then you will watch the locals who have probably fought for the honor of carrying a large statue of the virgin mary out into a small boat and then she is brought by boat 
possibly, I mean, I've seen this in La Gomera when I was there a couple of years ago, and she will be kind of driven in these small boats from village to village, from coastal area to coastal That's area, right. to kind That's of, right. and people are paying tribute to her. And it is a great mystery to me, and maybe maybe it's one of these unsolved religious mysteries, how she never falls into the water. Because <laughs> these are small boats, she's a big statue, and drink has been taken. But <laughs> <laughs> considerable drink has been taken. One of the things when they have these little processions while they're loading her onto the boats, is they have a, a sort of a local band that follows. So there's, you know, like kazoos and cornets and drums, and they, it, it's like a scene out of The Godfather. Sometimes there's this sort of procession of people there's a religious element there is a cultural festival air to it there's a local municipal band there's all the crowds around watching and of course intermingling with that is the big bonfire day of San Juan, Juan Bautista which is on midsummer day itself on the 23rd of June that is when there are more bonfires because mm -hmm. we have San Juan Bautista so Places with San Juan in their name, play like San Player Juan. San Juan mm -hmm. um, and San Juan de la Rambla in the north, they will have major particular yeah. celebrations. And also in um, in May, there are the Fiestas de la Cruz. So anywhere like Santa Cruz or Puerto de la Cruz, anywhere yeah. with cross in the name, they have their own particular fiestas again with fireworks and bonfires. We like fire. Yeah, here. and it, it just, I mean, it is a it's a reminder that many of the names of these towns and they possibly started as very small towns and villages are named after religious figures and saints. I mean, not all of them, but you know, anything that has the word San at the front is the Spanish for saint. So San Sebastian here in Adeje, which is the patron saint, one of the patron saints of Adeje, San Juan, uh, Santa Maria, um, or if it's de la Cruz, it's of the cross. So, you know, religion Absolutely. It's one of the things I love about these islands and Spain, in a sense, is that religion and local culture um, are intermingled and you don't have to be a very religious person to be allowed to enjoy the, the festivities. In you fact, know, the festivities are culturally so embedded culturally that they're not sort of it's not like an overlay of religion it, it no. is culturally embedded and if you are part of the culture you are part of it yeah it's like St that, Patrick's Day in a way only yes you know, on a very yes. different kind of a scale um, and I find these, that being said we don't know what kind of crowds will be allowed this year but I I think they will allow some kind of celebration take place I think one of the biggest misses will be the Baile de Magos because normally there's a there is a sort of a, a get together and, and people yeah. wear traditional costume and there's music and they dance and they bring their food and eating groups I think that might not be happening mm. but and the Romarias and the Romarias the crowds are too yeah I mean again packed. I mean they, they're just not possible this year. no no and, and these are again the small <clears throat> Well, depending on the size of the town or the village, these are the annual celebrations, usually of the patron saint. Uh, Adeje, right. for instance, has the honour of having the last Romaria in the calendar year, usually. Because and the, Arona the first with San Antonio that's right, Abad, that's I, right. I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Adeje is in October, and obviously it was cancelled last year. Yes. Um, so yeah. I, we don't, I mean, I would be surprised if it was held in 
the way it's been held in the past. But at the same time, if things are going well, you know, I'd say the cultural department here will be looking towards doing something representative of what a Romaria is. I think this is, as we were saying earlier with Brianna, I think this is a real period of adaptation because yeah. they, they are finding different ways of celebrating these very traditional fiestas. Mm. So if you think of the Festus of the Cross that we've just had recently, normally people have public events and there are big crosses that are done publicly. And this year people were encouraged to take photographs of little crosses well, they've made in their homes, or maybe just put one on the balcony outside. Well, we also and... did, we, we made one in Cayo Salvaje, but we had about eight people um, and we all wore masks and we kind of kept our distance and we all, we made the cross together. So, yes, I mean, the, the local authorities are also looking, they know how important these local traditions are, not just for residents, but I mean, they're part of the overall image of Adeche, for instance. I mean, I obviously speak from the point of view of this town. So they yes. don't want, even though we're in a pandemic, I think what's important is that there will continue to be an acknowledgement of and some kind of visual manifestation of the traditions that happen annually. And yes. I mean, in fact, I translated this press release on Friday. I was glad to see the youth department here have just scheduled, kind of reflecting what we were saying before, that the kids have been through a pretty tough year. So if you go online, it's www.adeche.es. They have scheduled, I mean, they've, they've worked out a programme of events for July and August. Um, and obviously anything, most of them are taking place outside um, and they will have social distancing and reduced numbers and stuff, but there's going to be kayaking, jet skiing, um, walks up to Tady, uh carting paintballing like loads and loads and loads of stuff and each activity is a fiver so and they're from anyone from 14 to 30 so it's not just young kids and i think you know obviously i'm going to say well done because because that's who i work for but it's actually a very good range of activities and it's done to engage kids because they're all of their activities were cancelled throughout the year you know their football their karate their rhythmic gymnastics pretty much for 90 percent of the year all of those kind of activities were cancelled so in a way yes. this is like saying okay vaccines are happening uh infections are reducing let's see what we can do outdoors with you this summer so well done and i think that's great you know, it feels to me like we've all been blindfolded for the, for the last year and we're sort of gradually beginning to edge forward, feel our feet uh, and move forward slightly and find new ways of doing things. And I don't know where we're going to end up, but it, it's very positive to think that we are finding ways of adapting to this. If the World Health Organization is correct and we're going to have to learn to live with it while we're doing that, we are beginning to do it. Yes. And you're right, you're right that these events, they are essential for the cultural integrity of people here and the islands themselves, but they're also vital for the impression that we give to the outside world, that we are, we're still here. Yeah. And yeah, we will yeah. still be here when people come back and we are doing fine and well, and we will be glad to see people when they come back. Yeah. But what you were saying about the local um, events in Adeche, one I came across the other day was in La Laguna. They have said that this year they are going to find a way of doing their sand carpets. Oh, now, wonderful. I'm still I'm still waiting to hear about La, um, La Rotava, 
Thank but La Laguna has said it's going ahead. Brilliant. Maybe, maybe not in its normal form, as you were saying. Maybe there'll be slightly different ways of doing these things, but things are starting to come back to life and they're going to look a little bit different, but yeah. we are moving forward and we are an adaptable species. Nothing, nothing stays the same ever. No. Even if differences, normally we don't notice differences because they're small and they happen over a long time. I mean, maybe the last two years we're going to see what would normally be a change over a 20 year period condensed into two years. You know. Yes. And you know, I'm, I'm making back, this up as I go along, but, but, but uh, no, it's true. It's true. Looking back over my life, I can honestly say that some of the worst parts have ended up leading to the most wonderful things that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been through the worst parts. So maybe the last two years, okay, it's been very grim, and some people have had unutterable tragedies. Yes, and we are not we are not finding it easy to move forward. But maybe let's hope that what we move forward to will be worth that, that it'll be like our own life experiences, yeah. that you have something terrible happen, but what happens afterwards is only possible because of that. And so it let's will, hope, it will let's make hope. the next bit better because we're getting there having been through two years of, of you know, either confinement, misery or tragedy. And we have hopefully put that behind us i don't i don't mean put tragedy behind us because you know no. it, it's never never i'd say possible certainly no, not but we, easy we to must, do that we must always move on yeah. whatever has happened we have to, we have to continue to live and it is no crime to want to be alive and to enjoy no. life and no. to want to get on with it so we are learning to do that and yeah. you know and it's I all even to think our credit I even think we will need as a species, I mean, we're, God, we're now talking for the world, not just the Leche. But I think, <laughs> no, and what you're saying, Janet, um, there also needs to be a level of forgiveness on all of our parts that, you know, people got it wrong, authorities got it wrong, and they're probably still getting it wrong about certain things because this I is. I find that's a challenge. I do find that's a challenge. I don't I do make too. any apology for, for the fact that it is bloody hard to forgive people who seem to have gone out of their way not to protect people for whom they were responsible. I'm, I'm thinking I'll, I'll name names, people like Donald Trump, Jair Bolsonaro, yeah. Modi in India. To me, these are criminals who have almost gone out of their way to kill more people than, than they have tried to look after and it I hope in the end we find some way of dealing with that to give ourselves closure yeah. I don't that's know what, what the I mean is that, that I think you know it yes I've lost one or two people um I mean I think most people in the world have a, will have lost family or close friends throughout this but I don't blame anyone for their deaths no I'm not um and I think that's important for me. Absolutely. Um, and I just hope that in general, that's what people can do. That at some stage they need to say, okay, this policy perhaps caused my father's death or my mother's death or my grandmother's death that there was, but I need to now take the next step. Um, and and I think- None of us can live in bitterness. No, we can't. And I think we can only live in the, knowledge that we ourselves have done our best and I would encourage everybody just to carry on 
obeying the rules like masks and distance and hand washing and I don't know what else and no mm. groups and behaving sensibly and having a bit of thought for someone else because ultimately we're going to have to live with our own responsibility and even if we think to hell with it right now there might come a time when we think I wish I hadn't done that because someone might have died yeah I think because of it I think so right. it's personal I think That's, it's personal at the end of the day it is it is because you know, you're right. It's someone who is making decisions, whether it's in Madrid or in London or Dublin or New York, is rarely going to be able to reach right into my kitchen exactly. or my living exactly. room and exactly. tell me not to break the rules or to break them. Yeah, we do our own best thing and then we can at least sleep at night. That's my I suppose that's that's my guiding principle for life, isn't it? <laughs> you know, if, if you do, if you try to do the right thing and you are at peace with your own conscience, then really everything else can be coped with. Yeah. And I just hope that this is the direction we're moving in. I and so. I mean, I hope that no one is offended by me. I'm not trying to diminish anybody's pain or anybody's loss at all. Hasn't hasn't sounded like that at all good no no good, no because no. that that is far from my intention no uh, I, know. I, I mean i've made as many mistakes as anybody not just in the last two years you know in the last yeah. 52 years and more um but i hope that i'm generally trying to do the right thing i think that's the point isn't it to uh is human and okay there might be for some people having to make decisions on a national level there might be conflicting interests which which go way beyond just human decisions that you and I have to make but we all do our best I I don't think anybody actually goes out of their way if I thought people went out of their way to create deaths then I would be very distressed and I think there are some leaders who are giving the appearance of doing that maybe they're misinformed Maybe, Maybe so. they are Maybe egotistic so. and think they know better. I mean, but I'm hoping, like you, that there aren't world leaders who are deliberately creating policies that put people in harm's way. But I'm sure there are people listening who will say, yes, there are. And there'll be lots of people Absolutely. who say, no, there aren't. And again, it's back to the person, isn't it? We do what makes us feel yeah. that we've done the best we can. And you can't do more than that. No, and You can't do more than that. Your, 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 your umbrella of protection, the net we spread or the rod we throw, whether we're back to fish person, only reaches so far. So my direct influence is, is over my friends and family. And that's what I can do. Well, that's back to almost like a small society, isn't it? Talking about how the world is changing. It's almost gone full circle back to the, yes. the sort of level, level of city-states that you might have had in ancient Athens, where you have, you, you have your oikos, your family home, and your responsibility is to your family immediately. And the head of the family's responsibility is to the local community. The local community has leaders which then interact with other local leaders, and international concerns are even obviously wider and bigger than that. All we can do is look after our own little field, whatever that, that field. Just, you always manage to bring it back to ancient Greece, Janet. It's typical. I do. <laughs> <laughs> In which fields there would have been some chickens. I always manage to bring it back to chickens as well. <laughs> the only reason I stay in touch with you. <laughs> 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 Listen, we shall talk again soon. I think we have, hopefully, we've given people something to listen to. Um, I don't know if they agree with us or disagree with us. No doubt they will let us know if they are 
very much so. against what we're saying. I hope they're not too mean to us. Well, um, I hope we've given people a taste of at least some of the fiestas that they might yeah. have seen. Put all the, or, the, the sad bits to one side. Absolutely. Let's think about fiestas and Romarias. Will they are coming back. They may not be in their original form. They may never again be in their original form, but they are coming back. We will have them in one form or another. And they will Nothing be different. Stays the same. And they will no. be different. Nothing stays the same in life. Yeah. And uh, neither do we, actually. Sadly. <laughs> Your chickens will always stay the same. I wish I was 17 again, I must say. Do that. you? <laughs> I would I go for about 30. Actually, 17, provided I knew what I know now. Ah, so you see, you can't do that. <laughs> I know, I know. You can't. I mean, I would say 30 with all the technology I have and maybe some of the knowledge. Actually. But, but finding out was part of the fun. Absolutely. And I, I do you know, the more I think about it, it, I think sometimes, wouldn't it have been wonderful to have had the internet when we were teenagers? But, do you know, I'm glad we didn't. Because but then I think the it's ones who are teenagers now wouldn't be able to imagine a life without it. I know, I know. And yet we had time to stop and smell the flowers and we didn't have the same social pressures. We didn't have Instagram telling us we had to have, you know, I don't know, thick, slim, whatever Kim Kardashian is said to be these days, where you've got to have boob implants and butt lifts and I don't and know what else. Lip injections and... Oh, my goodness. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows but I'm i mean i'm sure didn't. back then you know our parents said well in our day we didn't have television or we only had i mean when i was growing up i we two channels first of all one then two channels and you know <laughs> we used to have to try and find a friend that had bbc to watch top of the pops that was luxury <laughs> i can remember the television arriving my grandfather used to listen to boxing if you please on the yeah, radio yeah. oh well i still <laughs> listen to some sport on the radio and i love it <laughs> 